Now, good morning, everyone. We have three audiences. We have the group in here. Hey, everyone outside, I know you can hear me, and uh, we're, we, we love you. Out there in the sunshine, I hope you have some sunscreen on. And also, those of you that are watching this later in the recorded version, all of the bad stuff will be edited out, so you'll get a clean, nice version. But this morning, we are in the last in our Show Me series, our Summer Show Me series, where we've been looking at some lesser-known people in the New Testament who show us what it looks like to follow the words and ways of Jesus. And you know, that's, that's what we want to be about as a church, a church that understands and follows and leans into Jesus' words and his ways, that we become more and more like him, and he can lead us on the way. Our key text this morning is Hebrews chapter 11 and the first verse. And it goes like this. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. The show-me ancients of Hebrews chapter 11 are really the whole Bible. And I want to see that they are showing us how central faith is to this journey that we're on. We're going to talk about faith, what it means, and how we can lean into it as well. Now, um, any, any adolescents that would be listening to this, hearing about the ancients that are going to show us, they would put anyone over 30 in that category. So don't, don't think that, oh, well, this is just those really, really old people from the Bible. That's, it's most of us in this room because people are watching us. Young people are following us. And if you were to ask the question, before your backpacking trip, what is the most important piece of equipment that I could put in my backpack? We might, we might think about all sorts of things. Think about that. What, what would you want to make sure you did not leave out of your backpack? Might be water, right? I mean, you can't go too long without water. But you also might need a water purification kit. It's really important in case you have to go finding water once you ran out. But you got to know where you're going. Maybe it'd be some sort of navigation instrument, a map, a GPS, or something so that you knew where you were going. But once you got lost because your GPS didn't work, well, then you might need some emergency kit. So there's, there's these things that we know we're probably going to need for the journey. We're going to need to pack along. And I just want us to dive into this text and see that faith, is central to what it means to follow Jesus. And I want to talk about it, help us to understand that a bit. And Lauren is going to join me and show us practically what that looks like. So the reality is, is that all of us did not get here by ourselves. We stand on the shoulders of greatness. We stand on the shoulders of the people that have gone before us. And it may be your parents, it may be an uncle, it may be a teacher, a coach. It, 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 someone has got you here, but someone got them here, and it goes all the way back to these ancients, to these, to these heroes of the faith that Hebrews 11 leans into. So I want to give you a, a definition of faith, and I'll start with one of my favorite theologians. His name is N.T. Wright, and he says this. 
Faith is always closely linked to hope. Faith and hope. Faith is looking at God and trusting him for everything. And hope is looking at the future and trusting God for it. So out of Hebrews 11, I've come up with sort of a mathematical formula, and it goes something like this. Faith equals sign, confidence plus sign, hope plus sign, assurance minus sight. Faith is confidence plus hope plus assurance minus sight. Minus sight. Such a key part of understanding what faith is, is we don't always get to see what things look like. But these ancients, they're going to give us some vision today. They're going to they're show us a little bit. This is what the ancients were commended for. We can learn from them. So Hebrews 11, it's this Hall of Faith chapter, and you can just see all these names that are listed in Hebrews chapter 11, and we stand on the shoulders of greatness. We stand on their shoulders. They're the show-me people. They show us what it looks like to live a life of faith, and that's what we've been about in this whole summer series. So the scripture says in chapter 11, by faith, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Joseph, Moses, and Rahab, Raphael, and Donatello. Oh, no, no, those two are Ninja Turtles. But uh, we, stand, we stand on the shoulders of these people. And then you take our summer series. And if you remember some of these characters, we have learned from Timothy and Phoebe and Philip and Sosthenes, the woman from Canaan, Barnabas, Philemon. We didn't know her name. We weren't given her name. Barnabas, Philemon, Lydia, another unnamed woman. Martha, and then last week, Brooke did such a beautiful job of talking about Lazarus, whom Jesus raised from the dead. And of course, all these people, the ancients, those in the New Testament, our summer series, they've all been pointing us to Jesus. And you and I are invited into this grand story that is God's story that envelops and, and captures and, and multiplies through our individual story. And I hope that you'll be encouraged by that uh, this morning. For me, there's two people that I just really respect in my past. One was my goofy youth pastor, Jerry Johnson, who taught me how to be a leader at 17 years of age, gave me this vision that I could have an impact on students. And then my... my uh, Manly baseball coach, Gary Poe, I just so respect him. He built into my life in such a powerful way. Gary Poe taught me how to set goals and pay the price to reach them. So these guys, I, I, they're, they're part of me today. I'm here today because of theirs and others' investments. So I just want to talk a little bit about faith, some, some descriptions of faith based on Hebrews 11, particularly verse 1 and 2. Faith, my friends, equals trust. I think trust is probably the quintessential word that can get our minds around what it means to be a person of faith. Trust in real life, real life situations where we put our trust in God. 
Faith is a verb. Faith is an action word. Yes, it refers to the faith and all of the content of the faith that's been handed down to us in the scriptures. But faith is primarily a verb. It is an action verb. It's something that we do. We're people of faithing. We faith our way through the day. One of uh, Todd's and my favorite pastors who's had a real influence in both of our lives is a man named Earl Palmer. And Earl Palmer used to talk about faith and then go to snowboarding. And he would say, when you snowboard, you need to trust your edges. You know if you've skied or snowboarded or wakeboard, you know that the edges are really important. Now, you might be the kind of skier and snowboarder that just points downhill and you just go like Mach 9 and then end up in a pile of gloves and whatever at the bottom of the hill, right? That might be your style. But you might discover that if you trust your edges and lean into a turn, wow, it works. You carve and you can navigate the steepest terrain if you learn to trust your edges. That's faith. Faith is leaning your weight down on God, trusting him, trusting those edges, and you go, wait, wait, this is a life that, that is not easy, but it's exhilarating, and it works. And I want to say that faith is not mere optimism. Faith is not an easy path. And faith is not treating God like a, a candy machine or a fortune cookie. Life is not always easy and fun all the time. God is not just our butler that's waiting to give us good things, though he wants to give us good things. But faith requires us being rugged people, tough people. Faith requires toughness. And at the same time, we're not spectators sitting watching some game on the field while other people engage in the battle. No, we're down in the arena. Faith requires us to get dirty, and it doesn't preclude us from getting beat up once in a while. So faith requires real trust, trusting our edges, and, and actually pointing down the mountain and going. And we sweat, and it's exhilarating, and sometimes we fall, but as we trust, we'll move on. But that means also faith requires courage, real courage. You know, if you're going to live in this world today, it takes courage. I love this quote by Todd Henry. He's a business writer for creatives and entrepreneurs, but I, I apply it to faith. He says this, what matters to me so much that I am willing to suffer, if necessary, in order to see it accomplished? Faith is not devoid of courage, and courage in the battle in the midst of difficulty and hard times that requires us to dig as deep as we can to pull up the courage to face the things in front of us. But of course, faith is grounded in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Before we ever exercise our faith and put it into practice, faith always begins with the action and the trust and the courage of Jesus. 
we have faith because he had faith. He starts it for us. And as we keep our eyes focused on the words and ways of Jesus, then we indeed can be engaged in the action and the trust and the courage that's required for faith. And partway down Hebrews 11, the author brings up Abraham as one of these courageous men that show us what it looks like to have faith, to trust in God. And it says in verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and he went. You know, Abraham was called to leave his people, to leave his family, and to go to a country that he knew nothing about. That has been a powerful metaphor for me the last year and a half, having lost my wife. Now what, God? Now where do I go? And I had this clear understanding that God was calling me to go to a country I knew nothing about. I don't know what it's like to be a widow. And then it goes on to say, even though Abraham did not know where he was going. Faith and leaning into faith does not require us to know where we're going. And this has been quite a year, a year and a half, two years of us not knowing really where we're going. And it's required real, tangible, active faith on our part. And then in verse 10, for he, Abraham, was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. We stand on the shoulders of Abraham. Remember what verse 1 says? Faith is assurance about what we do not see. We don't always get to know what's down the road before we're called upon to lean into faith and trust our edges with great courage. Trust, courage, and then I would say faith means surrender. And I want to read to you just a little snippet from my journal, which has been in some ways such a healing process of journaling this last year and a half and pouring out my heart to God and reading the Psalms and then pounding the keys and writing and telling God. So here's a small bit with any profanity excised. My journal is full of it. <laughs> That's what God might say. Your journal, you are full of it. I don't understand this whole story. In fact, there are parts of my story I don't like, but I surrender to. And I trust in you, God. Even in the dark times, even when I can't see around the bend in the trail up ahead, even when I don't have all the answers. That's where real-world faith kicks in. Faith means surrender. God, I'm going to surrender my story and the story that I imagined. I'm going to surrender it to you. I'm going to trust you. 
It's taken a lot of courage. I had this picture when I thought about Abraham leaving the country that he knew to go to a place he knew nothing about. And I just had this picture of Abraham saying, yes, Lord, I'll go. I don't know where I'm going. I know nothing about that. And I had this picture of me putting my right hand in God's left hand. Now, throughout the scriptures, you read the scriptures, you pay attention to the use of the right hand. The right hand is God's hand of strength. It's also my hand of strength. And I had this picture of God putting out his left hand and inviting me to put my right hand in his, my hand of strength in his hand so that his right hand could fight the battle with me and for me. That's what I've tried to do. God, here's my hand. I'm just going to trust you. And I'm going to obey. And I'm just going to get up today, and I'm going to do the next right thing. And then it says in Hebrews 11, verse 32, I love this. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies." Dang, I want to be part of that. That's the, that's the faith journey I want to be part of, to be fully engaged in that. I think that's part of what faith looks like. And we've tried to, to show it through our lives, through these, these characters. And I, I want to bring up a friend of mine, a new friend of mine, um, from the last year, Lauren. This is Lauren Donahue. Lauren, come on up here. And uh, Lauren is just an amazing person, uh, delightful, so positive, um, has discovered our beach service, keeps bringing all these friends from Marina Del Rey, and loves the River Church. And she also is an entrepreneur and has recently founded a, an amazing coffee company. Now I'm going to go into commercial mode because I'm so proud of her. Uh, her company, Lolly Coffee. I could make this a really good commercial right now. Lolly Coffee and the first bag, Raleigh Roast. I'm going to let you uh, hear her talk a little bit more about this. Not because we're promoting it, but by the way, this is really good coffee. She has a brand new company, and if all of us would buy a bag or two, I'd be so, such a, okay, end of commercial, Lauren. Will you just welcome Lauren up with a, a big round of applause? She loves Jesus. <laughs> Bill has a way of making you feel real good, and doing things that you didn't even know he was going to do. But I have to say how much Bill has impacted my life. And the whole Show Me series, I feel like probably for a lot of you, standing on the shoulders of greatness, that's how I've felt this year. Ever since January when I met Bill, he actually came up to a group of my friends and introduced himself, and that's the reason I kept coming back. So I'm here today because of Bill and also another special person in my life, which I will get into. 
but I'm just honored to be here, and I'm so excited to meet all of you. So thank you for welcoming in me into your home. Uh, I like to start with a question, and that question is, has anyone ever shared a quote with you that changed your life forever? Maybe it was a verse, a quote, wisdom of some sort. That has happened to me many times, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to share one with you today. And before I get fully into that, I'm just going to share a little bit about where I came from and how I got here today. So I came from a very small town in Kansas called Valley Center. Very small. I think we had one stop sign. I think we're a little more developed now, but that gives you an idea of how small. So there wasn't a lot to do in small town Kansas besides play sports. And so I played just about every sport that you can list and had a great time doing it. Uh, and I actually had the honor of living and being raised by my grandparents. And so the story I'm going to tell today is about my grandfather and the impact that he had in my life and another reason why I'm standing here right now. Such a special person to me. So um, my grandfather is someone who is a very strong man of faith. He is a servant leader. And in fact, he's never met a stranger. So for example, when my grandpa would help me with anything, and this just happened a couple <laughs> nights ago as well, uh, I would say, thank you, grandpa. That means so much. And he'd say, I'd do the same for a friend. <laughs> now, have you ever been offended by something you really don't understand? <laughs> that was me as a kid thinking that he meant I wasn't special. I'm like, I'm your granddaughter. You should, you know, just help me. But what he was really saying, and as I've gotten older, what I appreciate so much about him is that he would do the same for a friend, which means if someone else needs prayer, he's going to be there for them. If someone else needs the shirt off his back, he's going to give it to them. If they need a warm meal, he's going to give it to them, and they, my grandparents would open their home to anyone. So that's something that I really appreciated about him and just meant the absolute world to me. So growing up in Kansas was a, was a big deal for me, and I, I learned a lot there through sports and my grandfather about resilience, integrity, patience, doing the right thing. And the other thing about my grandfather is that he would tell you the same story over and over and over and over again, which again was kind of annoying when you were a little kid and you wanted to go out and play. But he would always say, Lauren, come in here, sit down on the couch. And I'm like, all right, all right, 147th time we're going to hear this. But here's the cool thing about repetition. When people repeat themselves, like when we read the Bible every single day, hopefully it sinks in a little bit and seeps in and actually does something to our heart that causes us to take a different route or have a different behavior and get a different result in life. So this quote that my grandpa would share with me all the time, especially when I didn't get the job I wanted, get the guy I wanted, whatever I wanted, someone else would get it before me, and I'd be sad, and I'd cry, and all right, I'm going to come in, sit on the couch, and I'm going to hear this from my grandfather. So that quote was, and is to this day, the cream will always rise to the top. The cream will always rise to the top. So I asked him once, what exactly does that mean? And he said, a lot of times people get to the top really quickly, and some of them deserve it. Maybe a lot of them deserve it. But he said sometimes they might lie or steal or cheat or blow things up. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, and, and they get to the top a lot faster. But it's not sustainable. And they won't get to stay at the top. But if you tell the truth, have integrity, show up, be a servant leader, then it might take a long time, a lot of patience. But when you get to the top, you will actually get to stay at the top. And so I want to share a couple verses that I found on patience. And those are 
Romans 8, 25. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. That is such a perfect example of the cream will always rise to the top. And Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. How many of you feel like you're doing the right thing all the time, you're showing up, you're tithing at church, you're volunteering, you're telling the truth, and you're just not getting to see the fruit of your labor, or you're just not feeling like it matters, it's not enough, right? That happens. And then I think about my grandpa, the cream will always rise to the top, have patience, do not be weary, right? Psalm 37.7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes, right? So it's not in our way, it's in his way. Again, the cream will always rise to the top, stay patient. So in this time of patience and thinking about my grandfather, back in March of this year, I was visiting my grandparents in Kansas and woke up one morning to find out that my Instagram account got hacked, which seems really silly but my Instagram is actually my business that I've built for 10 years, and that's how I make all of my impact and income. So it was my business taken overnight, and typically that might freak me out a little bit. Uh, I had contracts and things that needed to be delivered on that I just couldn't deliver on. So what I like to do when I don't know what to do <laughs> is I get really quiet, still get my journal, like Bill said, and I make some coffee, and I sit there and I pray and I talk to Jesus. And it was actually pretty funny because I remember my mom like kept looking over like, is she going to start crying? What's going to happen? I think she's going to freak out. Her Instagram's gone. That's kind of a big deal. And I didn't. I stayed there and I, at this time, heard this voice in the back of my head, which was my grandfather, saying, the cream will always rise to the top. And I looked in my coffee and I thought, huh, coffee, that's what I'll do. That's what's what I'm going to do next. <laughs> so that's okay that I lost my whole business because I'm going to start a coffee company. And since it was my grandpa's voice in the back of my head and really anything I've done um, up to this point in life, I can trace back to him. I thought, well, okay, I'm going to name my first bag after my grandfather, the Raleigh Roast, as you can see. And I, it took me a long time, patience, to come up with the name of the coffee brand. We went through four different trademarks uh, that we didn't end up getting. And I was like, of course it's gonna end up being this. My name and my grandpa's name put together, Lauren and Raleigh equals Lolly. <laughs> and what's really funny about that is my nickname growing up was actually Lolly, L-O-L-L-Y. And I cried all the time because I thought my cousins were making fun of me when they would sing lollipop, lollipop. <laughs> and now I embrace it because they still call me Lolly. So it's really cool that I was able to make that the name of the brand and spell it that way, L-A-L-E-I-G-H. And I knew that I didn't want it just to be another coffee company. I wanted it to be a brand that gave back. And so we donate a portion of the proceeds to Parkinson's Foundation in honor of my grandfather. And we also spent several months finding the healthiest, cleanest beans out there so that the whole point is that there's no molds, pesticides, toxins, the things that give you those side effects that you don't love, like needing a nap in the middle of the day or anxious, jittery, stomach ache, because we want you to feel good. Because we believe that when you feel good, you actually do more good in the world. And my grandpa taught me that as well. 
He's like, when you feel good, you do good. You'll help more people. You'll show up on time. You'll do what you said you were going to do. So that's really where this whole brand came from, and it's taken a lot of patience over the last, like, I guess that was March, so several months now we just launched and went live. But um, I've wanted to quit a lot, and I just kept thinking the cream will always rise to the top. Stay in your own lane. Keep going. Have integrity. Tell the truth, and you'll eventually get to the top. So I hope that this somehow encourages you today. If you are in a place where you feel like throwing in the towel, you feel like giving up, and you can just hear my grandpa's voice in the back of your head saying, keep going. The cream will always rise to the top. Stay patient, stay kind, and you will eventually get there. And we're all together in this on our rise. <laughs> Thank you. As beautiful. And I'll let that be a commercial for the coffee company. But let's get, let's get real. Faith is something that you do in your everyday life. It impacts what you do for work. And Lauren, just a beautiful example of your faith being down in the, the arena, and it produced uh, a coffee company. But um, more important than that, um, you're a model of someone that is trusting Jesus and doing it with courage. So I want to kind of bring this all in for a landing bite. Looking at the first two verses of chapter 12 in Hebrews, because there the writer says, therefore, so he's bringing some sort of a conclusion, a, a so what. And he says this, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, these ancients, these people that we stand on their shoulders, whether it's our grandfather, our parents, our coach, a, 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 um, a, a person that invested in us, through a small group, and we began to discover Jesus for the first time. We stand on their shoulders. That's how we got here today. And they're a cloud of witnesses. They are cheering you on. Right this moment, they know your name. They know your struggle. They know what you're engaged in. They know about your business. They know about your losses, your hopes, your dreams. This cloud is cheering us on. So in light of that, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Get rid of them. There's, there's these non-essentials for the backpacking trip. Don't stuff your backpack with those. Throw those things off. Whittle it down. And it says, and then let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You have a race that God has called you to run. It's your race. And he says, run it. Run it with everything you've got. Run it with perseverance because faith requires trust and courage. And there's pain and difficulty in this journey. God never promises us that if we have faith, that all the hard stuff will go away. It just doesn't. So run the race that God's called you to with perseverance. And then what does it say? Fixing our eyes on Jesus. We don't get to see around the bend in the trail. 
We don't know about the country that God is calling us to. We don't know all the answers about the world in which we live in today. There is confusion and there is chaos. And the writers of scripture, particularly Hebrews, says, fix your eyes on Jesus. That's why the River Church is all about the words and ways of Jesus. He is our North Star. He is the one that we come to. He's the one that has run the race ahead of us. Notice what it says. He's the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. Jesus has run his race, and he did it. He finished. He said, it is finished. He did it. He got to the finish line. And now we fix our eyes on him. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. My friends, the crowds are cheering us on. We're moving into the fall, and they feel like there's new chapters ahead of you. It may feel like uh, we want to put some things behind us. We want to move on with a sense of encouragement. It's not going to be easy but don't give up. Let's be people of faith. Let's be followers of Jesus that are not afraid, that have courage, that have guts, that work hard, that don't give up. I just want to encourage you, whatever space you're in right now in terms of the things that have hit you in the last year, two years, do not give up. Hold tightly to that faith that you have been given and fix your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our leader. He will show us how to get through the darkness and the discouragement. He will show us. I'll finish with Brene Brown. She says to us, she says, friends, do the work. Do the work. Faith is not something that we just merely hear and it's an ethereal sort of, well, that was nice. That was really so great. That was lovely. No. Faith is hard work. And Brene Brown is famous for saying, hey, friends, put in the work. You, you, you want to you wanna recover from losing your business? You want to create a new business? Do the work. Do the work. And Dallas Willard famous for saying, God, while opposed to earning in regards to faith, he's not opposed to effort. Faith takes effort. And however tired you are right now, keep your eyes on Jesus. He will bring courage and encouragement to you, and together we'll get through this as we work together. I want to have Amanda and Bree come on inside and I'm going to invite you, if you would, would you stand with me? And I just trust these two songs will be um, a great encouragement to you. Uh, so stand, stand with me, will you, all of you? And uh, let's let this worship solidify our faith and our encouragement to love Jesus well.
just takes a little bit longer to get set up than where I know it's okay. Hey, Godwin, is the sound on for the phone, the pad? Cool. Lord, we thank you for just the truth that we don't do this alone, that as we believe that there is a crowd of witness around us, Lord, it's you that teaches us that truth. And so, Lord, we just, we know that we don't have to do any of this on our own, but that you give us strength to fix our eyes on you. the sky eyes fixed on you your presence is where I above every fear I rise above every fear I rise eyes fixed on you and you'll never leave my side let's go ahead and sing that again I look up towards the sky I look up towards the sky, eyes fixed on you, your presence is where I hide, above every fear I rise, above every fear I rise, eyes fixed on you, and you'll never leave my side through fire or flood. Through fire or flood, through wind and the waves, I'll follow your voice through the darkest of days. Whatever may come, you'll carry me through. You are the one I choose. Eyes fix on you, Jesus. Eyes fix on you. Eyes fix on you. Sing, I'll walk with you on the way. I walk with you on the waves, eyes fixed on you, you're with me, I know I'm safe, completely you captivate, completely you captivate, eyes fixed on you, I trust every word you say, through fire or flood. Through fire or flood, through wind and the waves, I'll follow your voice through the darkest of days. Whatever may come, you'll carry me through. You are the one I choose. Eyes fixed on you. Eyes fixed on you. Sing it again through fire. Through fire or flood, through wind and the waves, I'll follow your voice through the darkest of days. Whatever may come, you'll carry me through. You are the one I choose. Eyes fixed on you. Eyes fixed on you, Jesus. Eyes fixed on you. Here we are. Eyes fixed on you. 
Sing, whom shall I fear, for you are with me. Whom shall I fear, for you are with me. Whom shall I fear, you're by my side. Whom shall I fear, for you are with me. Whom shall I fear, you're by Let's sing that again. Whom shall I fear, you, you are with me. Whom shall I fear, you're by my, you are for me. You are for me, you can stand against me, God, on you I fix my eyes. Who shall I fear for you are with me? Who shall I fear you by my side? You are for me, you can stand against me, God, on you I fix my eyes. I fix my eyes. We fix our eyes. Our eyes on you. I fix my eyes. I fix my eyes. I fix my eyes. I fix my eyes. Through fire or flood, through wind and the waves, I follow your voice through the darkest of days. Whatever may come. You'll carry me through. You are the one I choose. Eyes fix on you. Eyes fix on you. Eyes fix on you. Eyes fix on you. So, Lord, that is our prayer this morning through fire or flood, through wind or waves, we will follow your voice. mother's womb you have chosen me
Can you split the sea one last time? You split the sea so I could wash my feet. My fears were drowned in perfect love. You rescue me. You rescue me so I could stand and sing. I am a child of God. Sing, I am a child of God one last time. Thank you, Lord, that we are your children, that we are your sons and daughters. You split the sea so that we could walk right through it, Lord. So, Lord, as we go into this week, would you give us the faith to truly fix our eyes on you, Lord? You're not a God who is far. You're not a God who abandons us, but you are with us every step of the way. So we believe that truth this week, Lord. We love your presence. We thank you for being together today. We ask that you would just bless the rest of the week for this community and even the river as a church. And as we meet on Sundays and gather, Lord, we ask for your direction. So we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Bill and Lauren. That was such an awesome message. So we will not be here next week, but we will be back the following week, and there's a taco truck, and it'll be awesome. Bless you guys.